Hello and welcome to the High Wide and Handsome podcast, episode 33, featuring Rio Index. Rio was a great guest, we bounced off each other really well. Rio's been trading since December 2016. He's put out two Football Index related ebooks and over 50 YouTube videos. He's a UEFA B football coach and his uh, profession is a football talent scout for a Premier League club. Uh, so he knows his stuff, we bounced off each other really well. We covered all the hot topics of the week because, geez, it was a busy week. And yeah, we also went a bit off script at times and, you know, talked a bit of shite, but that's what happens. Um, next, I suppose, but do you know what's something I've wanted to do for a while? I want to read out a few reviews, so I'm going to go right back to the beginning, back to last July, and there's a few reviews, one from CBNMNIJ saying, Promising debut, great new football index content, look forward to what you have planned for the future. Well, I hope it all planned out how you wanted, mate, and hope you're still enjoying the show. Butchers11, which is Buffs FI, has said, So far, so good. This podcast may be fairly new, but it's a really good listen. Keep up the good work. Jack Norwich, uh, which I believe is Jack, F.I. Jack, 4, says, Great listen, really impressed for a pod that's only in its infancy. Very easy and enjoyable listen. Would recommend for anyone looking for F.I. content. And we'll throw out F.I. Headhunter there as well. Crack and start. Keep up the good work. Interesting first couple of guests. I really appreciate every single review. I mean, there's quite a few there now. Um, if we can make it even more, even better. So if you haven't left one, if you're on Apple, it will take you literally 10 seconds. Um, and it would be much appreciated. I do read them all. Next, I suppose, is the sponsors of the show. The sponsors of the show are Footstock. I use Footstock every week. I really enjoy it. I feel like I've kind of got in at the beginning. Do you know, like, do you remember people talk about people getting into FI two, three years ago? I feel like that's what I'm doing with Footstock because the, the I don't know, the founders... They just show so much care for the product and care for their their customers, um, and I can really see it's it's fun, uh, it's ever evolving. They've just released two apps, um, on iOS and Android. So if you've got if you haven't got the app, you may as well download it. The free welcome bonus is Fiverr for free and five free player cards. You never know who you'll get. You could land a Mohamed Salah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's free. So. I don't know, I just think they're doing it all right at the minute and there's a lot of a lot of potential going forward. So if you haven't signed up, I'd recommend like why not sign up, take the five and five free player cards. Those five player cards could treble, quadruple, ten times in value over the next year, and then you can come back and you'll be like, Oh yeah, Jesus, that's the well I signed up. Um but anyway, if you're going to do it in the link in the description here, I'm an affiliate, I get something if you do that. In other news, what is there? The old rehab's going well, you know, stuck into physio. Um Still off work. I think I've got about another four or five weeks. Bored off my tits. Anyone wants to play FIFA, reach out. I'm playing way too much FIFA and Football Manager, it has to be said. I'm also watching way too much football. But anyway, I'll not bore you any longer. We'll get stuck into it. Have a great week. Let me know where you're listening to the podcast. A couple you did last week. I forget who it was. Someone was listening down in Tenerife. Would you believe? Someone was down in Tenerife. Someone else told me they listened to it while doing yoga. I don't think my voice is that relaxing, but fair play to you. Do you know? If, if that's what gets you off, who am I to judge? Anyway, have a great week, and uh, yeah, there'll be another episode next week. Hope you enjoy this one. Cheers. Welcome to Rio Index. Rio, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's fun. It's good to uh, finally be on. I listen to you most weeks, and uh, yeah, usually your your pods are a good good uh, breath of fresh air. Thanks you know very I mean? much. 
Yeah, no, I've been. I reached out a while ago, or I think maybe you reached out. I forget how it happened, but you've been on my list for quite a while. I think it could have even been um, yeah, I, when I asked for people to suggest someone. I know Football Index Buzz really wanted John and a few others. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember when you started actually, and we. I think we had a little chat then about me coming on, but I think just uh, your list, obviously, where where your show was so popular, ended up being so popular, was was quite long, wasn't it? You see that? I'm just I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you asked me. I think you asked me before Christmas, and then. Uh, Obviously, with it being Christmas, I think we just decided to do it, do it now. And uh, what a week to what a week to do it on! What a week! I was saying this like it's it's the craziest, probably the busiest week in terms of like podcast content on football yeah. index yet. Yeah, definitely. Like what could go wrong went wrong, and what could happen happened. And what, I don't know. I'm sure there's good things too. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to just be a big Debbie Downer straight off the bat. No, no. But sure. um, I mean, like, geez, it was a. Like it was every day. There seemed to be something crazy going on on Twitter. I know um, you had um, you had obviously IPO gate, and then obviously now you got a super match day dividend. So it's kind of which just overshadowed the IPOs, which in itself was was quite uh, quite tasty. If you went for the timeline on Twitter, um, yeah. So yeah, it's been a crazy week. And even the the Q and A from Big yeah, AC, yeah, the Q and A, Daddy as well, Cole, you know, yeah. Um, I did. I did post under his Q and A asking if he'd come on the podcast. It got like twenty five likes, so I was actually getting hopeful. I was thinking, like, geez, the yeah. the public's going to pressure him into replying to this one, and he, he ghosted me. To be honest, so, I think um, I think I think you could get him. He seems quite accessible. Um, I don't know. I don't no, know. No, he, he, he is actually. He is. Um, I met him probably about a year and a half ago. I know it was quite a while. I mean, football index probably got a bit more big time since then, and he's probably a lot more of a busier man. But um. I can't see why not. I think you you get a lot of listeners, and his brand is is about reaching out to the traders, and I think you can do that for him. So I'll keep I'll you keep see, trying definitely. I'll keep I'll keep I'll keep plugging away. But I got on the try to go through the normal avenues with football index for a while at the start, and couldn't couldn't get any joy on talking to anyone. And then I emailed Dan Neil and Dan, come on, fair play him. Um, but he was sort of saying to me, look, even from obviously Figs had Adam Cole and Mike and whatever on, he sort of said, look, yeah, the company's yeah. kind of changed from that time. We're, we're yeah. 85, 90 employees. Exactly. These boys are very busy. It's harder to get them tied down. You're more likely, it's more realistic to get someone a bit further down the packing line order. And I was like, yeah, I'll take whatever you'll give me. Like, now, Dan, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, he could have been filling, filling me full of shite. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'll keep maybe, plugging maybe, away. Yeah. i got to keep plugging away. But um, look, I suppose we'll we'll get into it. Um, do you want to tell everyone listening maybe a bit about your journey to, to date, and then so they get a bit of a picture of you, and then we'll go into the the topics. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I actually remember the the time I signed up, and it was uh, in the summer two thousand sixteen. So football index was quite young, and I remember just just seeing an advert in I think it was the paper actually. I think it was the first sort of advertising they did. They hit with a couple of papers that you get on the train and everything. So I signed up and uh, I deposited a tenner. And I remember with the whole tenner, I bought uh, Santi Cazorla. <laughs> and after that, I kind of lost lost interest, really. I just put the tenner straight into him. And at the time, I remember I was learning Betfair trading. So I was quite into sports trading already. And with Betfair, I was starting to get to a level where I was winning more than I was losing. But come towards the end of the year, 2016, I remember looking at my profit and loss on Betfair and I was £6 up. So you can imagine I spent a whole year learning and what happened was the first year I was losing, the second year I was winning. So it balanced out, but I was so deflated 
So I remember um, logging back into Football Index and Santi Cazorla, you know, not shot up, but I was I was in profit. And I was thinking, well, I've done absolutely nothing on Football Index. I've yeah. plugged away on Betfair for a year to be £6 up. And, <laughs> I've, you know, I've done absolutely nothing on Football Index. So, so yeah, let me give this a try. And, you know, pretty much within the week, I emptied my Betfair account and I put it all into Index. And, yeah, I never looked back. Back. Unreal! What a time to get involved back yeah. in late 2016. I think, do you know, this is me going straight off on a tangent, not even asking you more questions about you because it came into my head the other day, right? Yeah. Do you know if they do open up in Germany or whatever? This comes from the Q and A. I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but let's say they open up in Germany, and Adam Cole saying the markets might be almost like localized to that country. It wouldn't be one big central market, wasn't he saying? He doesn't know if they can do that with regulation. Yeah, he he said like. Pulled, pulled liquid would be ideal, but yeah, you don't know what what he can do yet. Yeah, because I'm telling you now, you see if um if Germany open up, and it's not the same market essentially, I'm gonna be over there with like in Berlin, rocking <laughs> some dodgy like mustache and little yeah. hipster glasses, calling myself Hans. Yeah. Walking into a bank trying to open up an account, <laughs> a false name. Like yeah. I am going over there and I'm plowing it all into Neymar when he's at twenty five p. Do you know what I mean? I'm proper, proper diddling the system. Yeah, I tell you what. I mean, I, I often think back why I didn't plow my whole savings into Neymar. Um, I think if <laughs> I remember thinking, um, you know, if I had put ten k into Neymar, even last year towards the beginning of last year, back into two thousand eighteen, I think I would have had about hundred k. But I just left it. Uh, so it's just it's just <laughs> crazy. You do think you do think that? Well, you know the 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 growth has been unreal. Yeah. Has there been come back to you? I suppose has there been any like milestones in your in your journey that you were particularly proud of? Any really really good trades like the proper stand out or or nice moments on the index for you? Um, I mean, I've always been. I think when I started, I was obsessed with strategy. And that's where the, the app comes from, building a strategy. I was obsessed with strategy, finding an edge in the market. And I think because I was one of the early adapters, the, the edges were really easy to come by. I mean, at the moment now, you're, you're competing with so many users that, you know, finding an edge is a real skill. And but at, mm. when I first started, I think the, the thing I was most proud of that I was finding so many ways to make money and it was all working. And what I ended up doing, I ended up blogging for a while and really breaking down strategies like when to buy, when to sell, um, how many to buy, what you should look for. And I feel like on Twitter especially, I was probably one of the first people to really delve deep into it. And I got quite a lot of good feedback from that and ended up just putting together a couple of ebooks. And uh, that was quite a good moment for me because a lot of people would message me and say, you know, I'd helped them profit and everything like that. At the time, when I think of it now, I think, what was I doing? Because I was just giving away my edge. It's something that yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't do these days, you know. But um, no, that was really fun. I think, you know, you wasn't on Twitter in 2017 or in, or in Football Index, but that was probably the golden time for the community. I think a lot of people would say that because everyone was really supportive. Mm. Where now you get a lot of clicks and, you know, there's some sort of toxic atmosphere in certain parts of it. It's ridiculous. But in 2017, it was really good where, Everyone was supportive. So I was putting out these strategies. And even if people didn't agree, everyone was supportive. Do you know what I mean? And um, for me, for me, that was the, my favourite time on the index. Money aside, I made more money in other years. But for the actual trading enjoyment and being part of the community, that was my favourite time. Yeah. 
I remember as well, uh, my best trade was uh, Zlatan. I think I bought him at, it was like a little four-month period, and I think I bought him at something like £1.29 and ended up selling him at £5.30. And ended up selling him. <laughs> I ended up selling him. Uh, I mean, I had, I think, 900, 900 shares. I ended up selling him 9p off his peak before he stopped, before he dropped. So it's an excellent trade. That was, I still think of that now because when you get near to the peak of someone dropping, that's when you've really got as much value as you can out of it. Yeah. So yeah, for me, that was uh, that was my favourite trade. That was like pre-United, just when he went to United. Yes. Yeah, so. I think I got out of Daniel Malin at the the only time in my life ever at the peak penny. I think I got out of him. I don't know if I was first, but it was definitely like second or third. I got out of him at like the yeah. peak penny, and it was the only time I've ever done it. And it was probably a bit of luck, to be fair. But um, that is so satisfying, isn't it? That uh, yeah, no, at the yeah, it it's 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 not always um, it's not always something I believe you should look to do because that will cloud your judgment in maybe when it's time to sell for you. But yeah, when you do get close to that, it's really satisfying. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise always looking to get to that peak because it's impossible. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you can just hope that you make the right decisions and sometimes you're going to hear it. And when, like you say, when it happens, it is uh, very safe. Well, I'd say the amount of people who've thought they've sold at Erling Braut Haaland's peak but haven't would be scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and that's the yeah, case exactly. in point for it. You just never know. Um, you never know. So if you do, if you do execute a good trade, um, don't look at it as a bad trade just because you didn't sell at a peak. If you did make a lot of money, there's no reason why you can't get back in and you know make just as much money again. You, yeah, you know that's that's what I would advise people when it comes to peaks. I wouldn't be obsessed with them, but obviously they are nice when they do come in. Do you think, right, with the the Twitter thing? And sorry for anyone on the forum or Facebook or whatever who really don't care, but this is maybe a life thing, right? Do you think it's mm-hmm. actually possible for it to get back to that kind of supportive, nice time? You see, because I think maybe because there's so many people now, it's almost like yeah. you can call someone a dickhead and you're not accountable yeah. to the community per se and you can just block them and go off and you'll still have another million people who you can follow and interact with. So you can just fall out with every single person. I think whenever mm-hmm. it was a smaller community, I was nothing to do with it then, but it was probably... You, you, if you were a tool, everyone would know you're a tool because there weren't that many people about. Whereas now it's just like you can kind of dart between yeah. groups and there's little clicks exactly. here and I mean, there you, and whatever. Exactly. I mean, you had you had um, you had the odd person, and like you say, when you know when there was a dickhead, everyone knew he was a dickhead, you know, and no one no one really paid any attention, and it was it was a really it was a really nice community. I think when someone new joined. And they asked questions. It was everyone. Everyone was out to help them. What I get now is that when someone asks a question as a newbie, everyone wants to pump their player. Yeah, it's for ridiculous. Them to buy. Rather, but back then it was like everyone really wanted to help them, and yeah, it was such. It was a really good community. Football Index Twitter was was. Um, I don't know. It, it was like it was just harmony. You know, it seems stupid to say now, but it was just harmony. And you you had people who signed up at the beginning but they was just as um accessible to you when you signed up a year later you know they just wanted to build a community because they knew that it would help football index in the long run um now you get a lot of um you get a lot of i don't know there's there's probably jealousy don't you think mm. probably jealousy to that some people 
are making all this money and some people won't. So now you've got a bit of a divide between the, the smaller end of the market, smaller end I mean by if you've got a small portfolio, to the larger end of the market, you've got a large portfolio, or if you've been on since the beginning, or you've just signed up this year, um, there's, a, there's a divide everywhere. And I think, like you say, because the community is so big, and Twitter as well, I mean, Twitter's Twitter, it's always going to be uh, the platform where you're going to get a lot of, you know, arguing, you know, I think that's proven in any Twitter community. Mm. But, yeah, I just, I can't see it going back to that. I think you always get maybe good little clicks where you can join that click and it could be its own little community. But unfortunately, just not everyone speaks to everyone now, you know, and, and that's, that's the main difference. Like you, I could message someone who just signed up that day and talk to them or I could message, for example, someone like Fig and I could have the same conversation. I wish I could say the same now there, I, feel... <laughs> I don't know if he'd write back to me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a sh- that's a shame. I mean, to, to be fair to Fig, he gets he gets a lot of shit. He does, he you does. Know, you do see that on the timeline. Uh, fair play to him, he's built a brilliant brand. Um, me personally, you know, we don't talk to, we don't talk, but I have in the past. Um, and, you know, I've, you got to respect him for what, if you don't respect him for anything, you've got respect for the brand he's built up. I respect anyone like yourself who can build their own brand. You know, that's, that's a skill in there, in itself. But it's a shame that maybe he's inaccessible as he used to be. But at the same time, you can imagine how many people are probably trying to get his time. Yeah, yeah. no, I completely appreciate that. Do you know, so, that's, that's something, there's a, there's a few points to come back at you with there. One is we'll go to Fig and then we'll go to something else. But, First one is I think it's yep. almost like in any um, setting, there's always going to be this divide almost between the classes, you could say, um, and not to be really, yep. um, I don't know, is, is, what's what's the word there, draconic, I don't know, old old style about it, but like when you've boys there posting screenshots of 20k being dropped and then you have Billy who works in a building site and gets 250 quid a week and he's sticking his 10 or 20 quid out the weekend, yep. it's very hard for them to relate and maybe if... Exactly. Billy's a labourer and he dropped out of school at 16 and he loves going to football he's a lovely lad but how's he going to relate yep. to someone like pff, Sam FR is that his name what is PJ it? or someone someone, yeah. someone who like really breaks down stats and psychology and uses big words yeah. that Billy might yeah. understand yeah. and maybe he just thinks fuck these dickheads and then he do you know so that that's natural that's going to happen but I mean it's very yeah, hard for everyone that. there I, to get on but yeah. it'd be beautiful if they did but to be honest with you, I almost feel like the forum is kind of like that. Um, the yeah. forum, not that I use it often, like hands up, I really don't. I, I have enough to be dealing with on Twitter at the minute. Um, uh, it seems a lot more harmonious. Yeah. And it seems a lot more, um, accept- uh, not accessible, but like everyone seems supportive. And I think there's moderators exactly. and stuff now, or there will be very shortly, um, people rarely downvote people. It's all about support and help. So yeah, it's it's maybe that. So maybe we should be using that a bit more. And then the last point is on the fig thing, like even like not to act like oh, listen to me, Mister Big Shot. I'm sure everyone, a lot of people get this. There's a lot of people who don't have podcasts who have a lot more followers than me. But I I feel like I get pretty inundated. Um, I mean every day there's two or three at least. I mean and for me yeah. that's inundated. <laughs> With people writing you yeah. a semi essay asking you questions or this, course, and you know yeah, you're sitting I mean, there and you it, yeah. you feel obliged to write back, but I say Fig gets like 
10, 15, 20 a day. And I, I could be understating Probably, it. Yeah. So I understand it'd be hard for him to write back to everyone. And another thing is, right, um, it's it's not it's not an, a, an apology or anything, I suppose you could say. Because, but I, I went in a massive rant when RC was on about him. And in the wake of that, I kind of thought, the, the rant, I don't know if you listen or anything, but it was kind of like he posted giving me a bit of shit yeah, under one yeah. of my fucking posts was asking for questions. Yeah, yeah. I and you know, I thought that was a bit petty and I went off on him. And that's fair. So there's no apology about that. Yeah, that is but, fair. Um, no, that is yeah, fair. There's yeah, there's no zero apology for that. But what I will not apologize for, but what I'm kind of conceding is the fact that I think maybe I almost felt entitled to be invited on to his podcast or for him to accept and come on mine in the early stages. I was kind of feeling like mm-hmm. he's having every dickhead from the community on why wouldn't he have me? But like, what is it? What is yeah, it? Yeah. Why, why would I get on? Do you know what I mean? Why am I, why am I entitled to that? There's a lot of people looking for this man's time. So why would I be entitled to that? So that was maybe something wrong I did. I went in with the wrong mindset thinking I'm owed this, do you know? Yeah, I mean, I did see, I did see what he posted and I thought he was entitled to respond and I think you responded well. I probably would have done the same. Um, I think it's good now that we we have an alternative like yourself, and um, I don't know if you remember, but I remember when you first started. I did say try and get a different set of guests on, and I think you. And what I was meaning by that was I think you could then develop your own market. Yeah. Um, and although there's plenty of guests you've had on that have been on figs, there's a load of guests that fig would probably never have on, and you've had on. So I think. Now we've got <coughs> GMK, <coughs> FPL. <coughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> them yeah, they're, 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 they're crazy. But uh, I think GMK's yeah, gone. I've, but anyway, that's that's Twitter talk. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, well, I've, yeah, all that, I think I've got him on one of one of my accounts, and uh, all I see is him chatting about Liverpool now. So he might have he might have finally uh, backed up his words and gone. Yeah, I got on to him when I chatted to him. I'm sure maybe it's just even better for his mental health not to have to deal with the shit he was doing yeah. on Twitter. I sort of said to him, he DM'd me a while back and I said, mate, go away, drop the handle, come back with a new handle, start fresh. <laughs> like, yeah. you're never going to get yeah. any respect or talk to anyone on that handle. It's just no. too... too. Dis- I think what we've, what we've obviously been saying about, I think GMK is the typical person who, who you said he might not relate to people, so he, he feels like he has to go against it. Mm. And, you know, there's plenty of, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you now, all the stats guys, the data geeks and everything like that, I don't relate to that. And I personally only use stats in small moderation when it goes to my, with my strategy. But I respect the hell out of what they do. And I'm interested in their way of doing it. And, you know, it's not, but I feel that with GMK, he will go and say, what are you using them stats for? They're a load of shit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so it's just a way of dealing with it, and I think you make you, you make yourself more accessible to other people by being respectful of how they do do things. But you can disagree, and then discuss your discussion might come a bit, and then you move on from there. But you know, you're you're getting on with different different factions of the community. Yep, absolutely. We'll move on. Uh, that was the mainly the Twitter the Twitter speak. The Twitter sphere talked about. Um, let me see. So there's a few things here. I want to ask you a couple of questions first before we get into the real nitty gritty of IPO gate and match days and all yep. sorts of questions and answers and blah blah blah. But your job interests me hugely. Um, do you want to tell people what it is or what you can say and what exactly it entails? Because I I kind of want to know what it entails. Yeah. Um. Well, I've I've been a basically a football coach and football scout. At, um. You know professional academy level since 2005 so i've worked for 
various clubs, including West Ham, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Brentford, then lower down the leagues like Colchester, Cambridge United. Um, and I've worked in various roles from the academy coaching, young kids from like 8 to 15, or from talent scouting right up to under 21s. Uh, at the moment, I am at a Premier League club. Um, I have been, I started the new role in November and yeah, it's quite, it's quite full on, full time. I don't want to say what, what team it is, you know, I don't want to bait it like that because I don't want to get inundated with questions about young players. I, I can see it, I can see it already. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment I am, <laughs> I am at a uh, London-based Premier League club. You might be able to guess with other questions you ask me, but you know, yeah. I don't want to just, just say it. Just say it. No, that's fine. Keep, keep it, keep it uh, a little bit. I don't know, under the radar. There's no point in giving it away. Uh, what what does your job then entail then as a your as a scout scouting t- a talent scout? You said talent scout. Yeah, um, I do I do coach as well. So what I do, I will basically go out to to games that I'm sent to, um, and also games of my own back. So what I'll do, I you know, if my job is to find players from eight years old to sixteen, so pre academy and academy level. So I will get sent out to you know, uh, Sunday league, Saturday league games by the academy to look at certain players that they think I should be identifying. And also I will go into schools to see if there's any, you know, players that are under the radar that's not been picked up by anyone else. Then what I'll do, I'll take them players who I think I'll bring them to the academy and coaching sessions that I run every night of the week from different age groups. I'll do 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So different age groups every night of the week and I'd put them into a development centre for four to six weeks and I'll either pick pick some out to then have a trial with a full academy or I'll say thank you and send them back to their clubs. Uh, so yeah, that's basically my role. Sometimes as well, I am involved in the um, actual academy teams on the weekends, so I'll go to matches and assist there. Um, but my main job is as a talent scout to get new players into the academy. What would be like the main thing you're looking for in a player that age? I know the ages are very different. Uh, Fifteen and eight are different. Like, but that kind of young yeah, player. Yeah. So I mean, from from eight to twelve, um, it's all about it's decision making. You know, uh, physically, they have to. If they're not big, they have to be fearless. So a lot of you know academies say ten years ago when I first started, they would look for the big physical players. And a lot of the technical players would kind of get left left and dropped. Now what they're trying to do, they're trying to, you know, leave that style behind and get more technical players involved. But technical players have to be fearless. So, for example, you know, I live in Essex and there's a lot of Essex boys that I might, might take to the academy. So Essex, you know, predominantly is probably a white area. You know, um, it is very multicultural, but a lot of the schools would say, be, say, 75% white. So if I say for a white kid, quite small, but technically brilliant to an academy, I would say 75% of the academies are black boys. So that white boy now who might live in Essex and might not be around a lot of black boys has now got to go to an academy and be fearless. And that's not, a, that's not an easy thing to do. But if you can go to the academy and just think, I'm just going to play football and just, you know, be fearless. And it doesn't matter how big he is. Um, just, he just needs to get on with it and... That's the thing that I would look for. So, and then when he gets on the pitch, I would look for decision making. It's all about decision making at eight to twelve. Um, yeah. So, do you understand what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to use. I don't want to use obviously 
a race thing to kind of use an example but that's just you do obviously you know if if you're going from one area to maybe a bit of an inner city area because the academies are in um Chadwick, Rush Green. So all these areas are inner city areas, just on the London border. So when they're going there, they're going from Essex to there. And um, yeah, they've just got to be fearless, uh, physically able to handle themselves, but they haven't got to be big. You know, that that way of thinking has gone. And um, yeah, technically, technically goes without saying, they've got to be technically good. So the thing you look for at eight to 12 is decision making. So when they get the ball, what do they look for? You know, are they... Uh, the, the thing you've got to look for is they are they trying to progress the play are they trying to be adventurous are they have they got imagination um yeah so from eight to twelve that's what it's all about that's what i've got to look for what are they doing as soon as they get the ball you know are they looking to make the right decisions what imagination have they got are they fearless um, and then when you go from 12 to 15 then you're you're looking a lot more it gets a little bit they like phases of play so that's when you really establish their position yeah like what you know are they because we've had we've had uh, players who were goal scorers from eight to twelve play you know scoring 20 30 goals in the academy season and when they get to that teenager they they they, they end up being left back or you know so this is when you really establish their position so if i was looking for a player i would just see the understanding of their role you know that's what i would look for technically physical pace power in an academy, it's always got to be there anyway. So that's not really what what I would look for. That's a given. If you haven't got that, you're going to struggle. So, for example, if you are slow, you know, these academy games, they go at 100 miles an hour. I Just before Christmas, I took a very good, very good Sunday league team up to an academy. So I was looking at one of their players. So I invited the whole team up. And, yeah, they got beat. I think it was like 10-0. Quite easy. And this Sunday team is fantastic on a Sunday but the difference is the pace yeah that these academies the decisions they make um it's just so much quicker mentally physically so that would need to be there when I've that, that would need to be there already so pace power I wouldn't necessarily go looking for that because that's a given so at the 12 to 15 age I would look to the understanding of their role yeah you know how you know are they have they got leadership skills and anything like that because at tw- when they're a teenager, when you're plucking them out and then they're going up to the academy at that age, then that's a whole different ball game. They need to not only be fearless, but have leadership skills as well. So they can go into a, you know, a drill or a phase of play or, or a match even and, and understand their role and, you know, not just be a spare part. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my job. That's my job in a whole, uh, just developing the, hopefully, players that I can get into the academy. And my remit, actually, if I can get one player in a season, then I've hit my target. So you can imagine how many get turned away. Yeah. You know I mean? Jeez, I'd say that's, you know what, it sounds like a like the dream job in many ways, but I'd say it's tough as well, do you know? And I mean, having to... Yeah, no, I'm not yeah, saying you're yeah. going around shattering young boys' dreams, but that's kind of what it probably feels <laughs> no, like yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because obviously, like I said, you know, I might take them into development coaching for four to six weeks to see if I you know, have a different look at them. And the majority of them are not going to go on. So what I, I just try and be honest with the parents, honest with you, and basically not promise nothing. Just say, look, you're going to come up, come up to the academy with me. You're going to train at the academy four to six weeks, um, and that's it. And I don't promise anything after them after that. And uh, so it makes it a bit easier. But yeah, everyone knows that after that four to six weeks, are they going to get the call to stay on? They know in the back of their mind, even if I don't say it. 
So when they don't get it, yeah, a lot of them are a bit disappointed. But I just try and be as honest as possible. And luckily, a lot of the parents are thankful because it's a good opportunity. You know, as a teenager, I know I would have loved to have gone and played on state-of-the-art AstroTurf pitches and, you know, everything like that. So it's something to tell your mates as well, you know. So, yeah, it's just about being honest and keeping it as a, keeping them as grounded as possible. Because what sometimes I remember I, um, I took this African boy, I think he's only like nine, very young, took him up to the academy, his whole family come up like he was signing a, a contract with West Ham. Mm. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's just, a, just how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a class. I, I remember when school the, the the best the best player I ever played football with in my life. Uh, there was maybe another one mm. to be fair who was a different type of player completely. But in school anyway, one of my best mates at the time when we were maybe fourteen, thirteen, whatever he got trials we were at Man City and West Ham and somewhere else. Didn't get into any of them, mm. but it just showed me. I like we were all like flabbergasted, you know, because this guy would dick everyone in the school and he was like yeah whatever yeah. 12 and there were 16 year olds at lunchtime he'd be not making them running through scoring hat trick no bother um and then he'd go on trials and come back with no joy and you're like jesus christ like the standard must be and insane that, and, that, and yeah and usually it isn't the te- how technically good you are like i said before or how much how fast you can run or anything it's your understanding yeah, yeah. Your imagination your decision making and that's that's how players get through yeah you know? Very good. Well, let's see. We'll move on. I suppose we may get into the nitty gritty because we're, we're half an hour into the podcast. So mm-hmm. we'll go straight in to IPO Gate. Um, I yep. should have looked up before the podcast how to say his name. Do you know how to say his name? <laughs> and yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, we all know who. We could probably all spell it back to front. Um, yeah. What are your initial thoughts of the whole IPO scandal? Listen, I'll I'll be honest. I come from a view of just watching it unfold because I haven't done, I haven't tried to get on IPO since Black Friday 2018 where I got absolutely obliterated. So I haven't actually tried to buy an IPO. What I t- tend to do is just go on the timeline after. On the timeline, yeah, as you can say, it's, it's just in flames every single time. Now, I don't understand why a football index have carried on trying to do it this way. They obviously haven't got the tech to support it. The servers are not strong enough. Um, I just, if I was Football Index, I would just not even announce anything and just put the players on there at random times. And then just let the traders say, oh, or make an announcement maybe a day after this player is now on in the market. Um, I really don't understand why they make such a big deal out of IPOs. It goes back to the time, it might have been before you, you signed up, when um, there was only 200 players on the index. And every Friday, you'd get the cheapest player would get relegated. And then we'd vote for a new player to get promoted. So you'd get one player, new player, every Friday. Um, so it just goes back to that, where Football Index used to, it used to be a thing, a big thing where someone new was coming on. And I think Football Index has tried to carry that on. And it just doesn't work. It's just been a disaster. From it's just been They're a too disaster. Big now. Exactly. I mean, like I say, you was you was waiting ages and ages. The, the, you know, it was freezing. You know, the prices were getting stuck, and this was in two thousand and eighteen when it started. Now imagine now when they've tripled the you know their user base, active user base, and you know they just haven't got they haven't got the servers. And like I say, 
for me, I like to make money. And I know that if I do IPOs, I'm probably not going to, because I haven't got a fifty finger. Um, I probably haven't got the... I think you'd be surprised. I think you'd be surprised. I do, because I think it depends how you do it. Now, I am by no means a master trader, and I maybe I'm quite quick at typing. I don't know. But I mean, like, any time I've done IPOs, I have come out with a wad of tax-free money. <laughs> That's the yeah. way I look at it. I can't I can't justify not doing it. Um, because, like, I mean, every time, like, Tanganga, you're talking 450 quid in the bank, done. Do you know, yeah. done. Yeah. Now, when I say done, he's still sitting there on the cell queue. Yeah. But on another day, like, um, what do you call him, Brandon Williams, Takafasa Kubo, Troy Part, each of those 400, 500 quid in the bank, done. So it's just like, I can't justify not doing that if I'm not working, do you know, because I work shift, so quite often I'd be off. But I, But even from that massive money spinner for me, I think... It's it's a really hard one because I, I, I think they should stop doing IPOs as they're currently do them doing them one hundred percent. They should not be doing what they did. And when they put out the notification saying like ten minutes to go or something about one of the players, I forget that was one of the last ones. It could have been Tanganga, it could have been anyone. That was an absolute joke. Um, doing it how they're doing it, I don't like it. I think they could continue doing them in a different manner. I know they don't like the week long thing because people literally sit up twenty four hours a day. Gambling responsibility, gambling responsibilities, and all this sort of yeah, stuff come into sure, it then. Yeah, but if it was over a month, um, or if there was just no time frame, these players will be added in the next three months, or yeah. I don't know. There, there are better ways to do these things. No, there are. Um, there are. That and won't I think crash the system. Yeah, and I just think random, random times would work because you could still get on first but it would just be then people who are going to sit and watch the market are probably the same people who are always looking at the market you know and i feel like yeah. them same people could probably still benefit uh but what you wouldn't get is the the you know the servers crashing and all the bad stuff that comes with it do you know what i mean so i just feel like yeah i get don't get me wrong i get it the reason i don't do ipos is because i'm rubbish at them you know if i was good even in the old days with like i explained to you the promoting <laughs> promotion and relegation i was rubbish at that but if i was good then sure you know what who wouldn't want to make a quick quick few hundred pounds i I don't agree with the fact that when you know you get certain people say you know it's a disgrace that you're buying someone this minute and selling them the other you know i don't know what planet planet they're they're on because that's yeah it's a trading platform it's a trading platform uh me personally i just don't get involved because i'm not good at it and like i say i like to make profit um if i was good at it then like you say i'd be all in but but the good of the platform, it just looks amateur. And I just think, like, if you get, you know, if you look at, um, you know, Putstock, for example, they, they add a player and then they let everyone know. You know what I mean? And I know it's a yeah. different different sort of platform, but it works. And I know their user base is nowhere near what Football Index is. But the general idea of just adding a player, and then letting it flow over, letting everyone know 12 hours later that the player is now in the market, the people who sit and watch the market will already be on that plan and will probably have let the community know already. But yeah, you know, it, it's just one. Of, it's just one of them. I just feel like it's an obvious, obvious fix. Just stop I, IPOs from now. You see, uh, till Nasdaq or whatever comes in, because it's a hard one. Like I think I was listening to Fig's podcast, the big long three hour one. I didn't get through it, but I think a part of it, those lads were chatting about how they need to. Can maybe if, I could be wrong here, but I think it was that podcast I was listening to. 
they were chatting about how you need to keep IPOs up because imagine you came on and you wanted to buy and you were new and the whole thing's about profiting from your football knowledge and you want to get Tanganga say we just started for Spurs blah 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 and you can't get him yep. or that happens with someone else or that happens with someone else United come up with a new youngster next week you never know um, it, it like for the product you need to have those players available otherwise people will come on and search because I know even I've had a few people over here who have been like oh I signed up but I mean like I don't even know, pick a random generic Irish name, Christopher O'Donovan isn't available for Cork City, and it's like, well, look at like Irish League matches and stuff, those players wouldn't be there, and they're like, oh, right, yeah. no, I'm just trying to find someone who I think is going to go to the Premiership type of thing. So if you don't have yeah. those players, there's an issue, but it's the, what's the greater, what, what's what's better, and what's, like, it's like risk, um, it's just like doing like a risk assessment from a football index perspective. Exactly. What's yeah, worse for us? Is it worse for us yeah. not to have those, or is it worse for us for the market to be very glitchy and stall a little bit and that this is just let me finish this one actually is that worse do you know like it used to like it has been before where it kind of glitches and you might stall a bit and the player kind of doesn't go up in price and then everyone's buying them that tanganga style they're probably looking at that going do you know what we'll take that that tanganga type thing over not having ipos but this Ayucheche or however you say his name Ayucheche anyway I'm going to stop trying to say it um, <laughs> what happened with him where it shut the market for like three hours whenever you put those side by side and you're looking at the kind of the risk or the whatever I don't even know if risk is the word it's a it's a clear we need to stop IPOs now that it's it's gone too yeah. far the the yeah. like the the positives and ne- the negatives far outweigh the positives of putting these IPOs on so let's just That's stop it, the yeah. boat let's just stop things happening until we get this sorted yeah, I agree. I agree totally. I think it's better to have a well-functioning working platform and, you know, just take a bit of flack that this player isn't on the platform. Because it's only temporary. You know, you come back and go, we will be adding that player. But to have, to try and get all these players out while, you know, the market's having to be suspended, you know, the pe- people's screens are freezing, the price is freezing. You think you're getting on at one price, but actually you're getting on at a worse price. That is... That is unacceptable. Yeah, that's bad. And that is going to turn a turn a lot away, turn a lot of people away. Um, so for me, yeah, I think they should just stop it and either see how they get on with Nasdaq or random. Yeah. We'll move on then uh, to the the Q and A. Uh, Adam calls Q and A. Did did you take much to do with it or take anything away from it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, like the. The obvious, I think what I took away was the, it looks like Spain will be before Germany. Did you get the impression? I, yeah, kind of. I wasn't sure. Because that, yeah, I mean, he said German, Germany by next season. But he kind of alluded to the fact that they wanted to go into Spain this season, I felt. Um, which surprised me. Yeah. I'd, I'd, it definitely threw another spanner in the works for this whole Germany thing. Um, yeah. As did the the kind of separate markets. Like instead of the pool, is it pool liquidity? Is that the term for having them yeah. all together? Yeah. 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 Not that. Um, that maybe not being an option was a bit worrying, and I think that maybe dampened the spirits of a lot of people who'd bought a lot of German players. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's. I think that. People went a bit overboard with that because, you know, we've seen with other other countries, maybe not as, you know, football isn't as big like in Sweden and stuff like that. But 
it's going to take a long time for it to get even, let's say, 20,000 active users. I mean, I can see Football Index in the UK getting another 100,000 users before you get 10, 15,000 in Germany once they launch. Because it's a process, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think people probably went a bit overboard by German players, but actually you're probably going to get another 100,000 users here at the same time you get 10,000 users, 15,000 users in Germany. But I think so, the main reason people are buying them would be almost preempting that the UK market will jump on German players when the German players announce, the mar- German market is announced. Does that make sense? More so yeah, than yeah. actual Germans it's like signing in and buying German yeah. players. I think it's almost the fact that I know if it was announced that you'd be looking at, I don't know if you use Index Gain or whatever, but you'd be looking there yeah. and your notifications, you just be, it would be like, Tony Cruz plus seventy four p, Julian Brandt plus eighty four p. You know this kind of thing. I think it would just be mayhem if they announce it. Um, so I think, well, that's just the way I look at it. Maybe other people are looking at it a bit more. Germans are going to come on and buy my players, but I would have been looking at it more. This is good for the Germans because everyone else is going to buy them when they announce it. But yeah, no, it threw a spanner in the works with that. Um, let me see. I'll, I'll read out actually a kind of question. Our topic from Westy on the forum. It's about the Q&A. Yeah. Um, and we'll maybe just dissect it and talk about it. So Westy says, Must admit, I left it feeling a bit disappointed and it di- and didn't put in the money I'd set aside. Mind you, with hints of offers in February, more offers, question mark, I'll stash it and wait, as will a lot of traders, instead of the market settling into a natural growth. But here's the main downers I picked up on. And at the, at the, after these points, he says, hopefully you two can tell me why I'm, I'm wrong to feel a bit Debbie Downed, okay? So, the first thing he said was, no team of the week or month coming anytime soon. Well, there's no team of the month or team of the week, but we have got super match day point things, yeah. which kind of makes up a team of the month, but doesn't really at all. Anyway. No, it doesn't. Um, so, yeah, that, that is a bit of a downer. I'll, I'll give you that one, Wesley. Yep. Um, expansions might not join our market. I think that's a downer for everyone involved from the UK base. We all want other markets to be involved because that'll give us more money. Um, Otherwise, we're going to have to go and call ourselves, as I said, hands or something else. I don't know. Mats. Mats is always a good German name, isn't it? Yeah, Mats. Or Marco. They love a good Marco. Anyway. um, (laughs) Muller is the same. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, they might enjoy our market. That's bad news. Meteor. Meteor. Media review not until next season, stating it would be unfair to do it mid-season, yet they'll change positions, etc. mid-season, which is much worse for our bets. Do you know? Yeah, I think, I think media is... I think um, that's, that's more to do with... The position changes are more to do with up to, I suppose, isn't it? I think Football Index, they need to kind of address that position change thing going into next next season. There's a definitely a better way they can do that rather than just saying, well, when up to change it, we change it. Yeah. Um, Even say we don't want that data or give us that data a week yeah. late or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the media, I do remember Adam Cole making a statement in and around the time of the PB or not PB, just the dividend increase. Um, and it was saying that media was a priority, fixing the media thing. Leaving it till next season, for me, seems a bit far off. I mean, you've got January transfer window out of the way. That's when most people will care about media. Maybe coming into the Champions League. I get that it's moving the goalposts. What would I do? Because um, obviously you got you got um it'd be good to have it changed before summer. 
because you've got obviously the Euros and the transfer window. Um, so me and last year, didn't they done triple media, um, media madness, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, over the was it over the World Cup? No, not the World Cup. It was just, it was over, just over a summer. Yeah. Yeah. So they done media madness. So it's been good for them to look at it and get it changed in time for something like that. And I think that would have been brilliant for the platform. Yeah, even if they brought it in on like the first of June or something this year, just to mm. get it done yeah. before the Euros, give it almost like yeah. a trial run and see if it all works. Well, I don't know what they'll do. Time will tell, but it would be nice to have it in in there for the transfer window and for next summer because it'll be all, yeah. all about media. But look, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would have probably liked it a bit sooner, but I understand the position they're in. I mean, although I don't really trade based off MB, it does come into the calculation a bit. You know, you are thinking, does this yeah. guy have the potential to win me a cheeky 5p someday? Of course, I, mean, yeah, I don't for, trade for based on people, it. That's funny because for, obviously people who have been on the platform quite a while, we only used to have 5p media based dividends. That, that is all we was playing for. So, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to, I know a lot of people have said on the timeline they'd like to see it scrapped. I would like to see it stay, but obviously just improved i think it has to stay for the 365 sort of every day yeah. of the year aspect You've got something going on. and i like yeah. that I, I mean don't get me wrong like on a a treble media day or it's just media days now is it i don't know um i i, I love just checking it out and seeing if any of your players are in with a chance and whatever but um i i'm just i don't particularly trade on it because pb is what gives me excitement and cap app not not yeah. media um, yeah anyway next thing Apparently, Adam Cole ignored Westy's question about any plans on changing the matrix and their bets again instead of taking a chance to rule it out for at least a decent time period. So big money can enter without fear of goalposts moving. The main barrier for big money potential traders I know is when they ask me to suggest good safe holds for dividends. I can't, uh, sorry, I can't recommend anyone due to the constant talk of changes affecting them. So they're staying out. Hopefully you too can tell me why I'm wrong to feel about Debbie Downed. Um, well, you know, if that's if that's the way, I can I can understand. You know, if you're going to go long in a player, then you want to know that that bet that you make isn't going to get changed for a long period. But what is what is a long period on football index? You yeah, know, I think subjective completely. That's, that's the thing. Like me personally, my my style isn't long at all, so I can't I can't really relate to someone who will hold a player for longer than a year obviously there's certain players the premium players that i understand and i get and i I have in the past but what is a longer period i think we ain't going to get no scoring matrix changes might be reviewed before the before the start of next season it might be but so you've still got six seven months eight you know I, i don't know what is long who you know when you go long in someone what do you mean do you mean towards the till the end of the season you mean mm. for three years? Who really, who really holds anyone for the three-year period? No one. No one. Some someone does, but not a lot of people. So, I get what they're saying. I get it, but I don't know. I think there's so many different things you have to consider when trading and mate and holding players. Rather than if you if if you're just going to hold a player blindly for a year plus, then I get it. You know, um, but I don't. The majority of people I speak to don't do that. You know, I don't know. If it's like positional changes you're fearing and stuff, obviously Kimmich is the one that scares everyone. There are yeah. there are other people who have the reverse situation, like Sancho could be moved to a forward. 
that's exciting when we're talking about not exciting that that's obviously off putting it's an in- inconsistent it's, it's one of those unwanted changes you don't want to your bet so i get that that's scary in terms of pb um and matrixes i think for me i i don't know but i would say that they will review the matrix for next season I think they'll try and make it a habit to review it for every season. Obviously, they'll they'll eventually reach the sweet spot, which I don't think they're that far off. But I personally can't can't see Crossing getting nerfed. I 100% can see Crossing getting nerfed. And the reason I can see it is because it's the only thing anyone complains about about this Matrix. I mean, there's talks of multipliers for extra goals. There's talks of, um, like, should more creative passes in the final third or whatever get rewarded higher than a pass back back to your center back or whatever there's these things but the only thing i'm seeing people going this is like absolutely crazy that someone could cross a ball put it way out the back of the box no one gets on it or an unsuccessful cross and get three points or four points or whatever it is um yeah people are not happy about that so i i, I can just see football index acting on that if they're going to act on something um so i would see crossing being changed yeah, I don't feel like they can go too far out. Um, but yeah, crossing is the one that you do see people most complaining about. But saying that before crossing, it was very much about passing. You know, you get sideways passing more than, you know, being overpriced and everything like that. So I, I feel like there will always be something that someone's not happy about. Do you, do you agree with yeah. that? Oh, 100%. Um, You're so never going to so have it that When the crossing is changed, feel like there'll be something else to come to take its place but I, I i just want a matrix where they just say look i just want them to get it right and leave it you know so you can go you can go short you can go long and it doesn't matter because your bet's not going to change for me personally i feel like it should kind of just one more review and then that is it get it right or don't i don't know you can always improve a platform so get it right or don't is probably not the right way to think about something but um, personally, I just think it's just changing too often. Yeah, that, that's something else I want to talk about in terms of the platform changing too often. We'll get on to that in a second, but just before we do, in terms of the matrix, from my perspective, I think if they just nerfed crossing slightly, like by the right yeah. amount, not over doing it, but like an incomplete no, cross, maybe not rewarding that. Yeah, now, I definitely. know that's going to cause Trent to implode temporarily. I get that. Um, But if they vocalise that there will be a matrix review... And they're going to look at these specific areas and maybe yeah. list five areas or something. It maybe gives people a bit of a heads up and blah, 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 blah. And then go and change it. I don't think it will be that far off. And at the end of the day, whatever they change it to, if it's if it's pretty good, crossing the only thing people are really complaining about, if they take that back a bit, it should be pretty bang on. And if you leave it, it's just that that is what where the goalposts are. That is the rule. So if you just... If, if they say look we're sticking with this ah, they can't do that though because there's always going to be complaints oh, there's always going to be yeah. there's always gonna, I, I don't <laughs> know it's a hard one I do think they'll change it yeah. I don't know if they'll change it again but that's just part of the game isn't it yeah I just want a, I just want a period of nothing where it just you just you know, it is what it is and it's, we can just settle down and just just trade normally no bonuses no changes no I just want a period of just stability yeah Agreed. Um, that I'll get on to that, but before we do, because I want to have a wee discussion about that, but Super Match Day points. Yeah. Okay. Lord, yeah. So, Lord, talking about yeah. another change. 
what do we think of Super Match Day points and the whole thing? Do you have any thoughts? They're a bit like Tesco club card points, ain't they? <laughs> literally, you know, you enough, literally. You, you get enough of them, and you get a couple of free, uh, free frozen pizzas when you shop. <laughs> so you know, but no, look. In, in all seriousness, they are complicated, don't they? Um, they? They are. They're not like. Look, from what I can see, is for every two hundred and fifty performance points, like the player you hold gets. But it's a player you have to have bought in that month. Am I correct? You have to have bought, yeah, you have to have bought between the 31st of January and the and 29th of February. So every player that you've bought in that period, every 250 performance points they get, you get a penny. Um, and then at the end of the at the end of the period, your points will be added up, and you'll get what you get basically. Um, the perks you've got perks, haven't you? You got so if you buy. Every share you buy, you get another 500 Super Match Day points. So that should equal 2p, shouldn't it? So for every share, you get 2p. Is that right? Is that every share you get 2p? So every every day you buy one share. So. It, yeah, but you can only do that up to like a maximum of 20 yeah, days yeah. or something, isn't it? So you get, But you get 500 Super Match Day points for every share. So that should equal 2p, shouldn't it? Is it every share you buy that day or is it. You get no. I need to whip this out. I need to whip it out. It's too complex to do without looking at. <laughs> Let me see. All right, Twitter. We'll go over to football and I'll, I'll look up Big Daddy AC. Find him. We go in there. All right. Okay. Got it. So, perk one. Each day you buy a share, you'll get five hundred points. Any share. So I don't think that's if you go and buy a hundred Sancho. On a day, you'll, you. No, no. So it's just you for one share. Is it? Do you reckon? So one it's, share a day. But that's, but that's, that's up the to way twenty times it. during the promotion. So that means you can earn a maximum of forty p. Am, am I wrong? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> right, and I think that's right because the second, because the second perk, you can, you can, um, you can get a maximum of forty p as well. If I got oh, that but one, if you spend right. twenty quid, you get ten thousand so, super match day points. Yeah, net spend of yeah, net a net spend of twenty quid, you get ten thousand, which equals forty p. So you mean to tell me? So for each perk, <laughs> you can you get forty p a day, which is eighty <laughs> p a day. No, what I no, I think that's twenty pound. It doesn't say that, does it? This is the problem. They have not made it clear. But what I would take from the second perk is that when with when you have a net spend of £20 once during the promo period, you get 10,000 match day points, which would equal No, I think it's... No, so you can get 40p up to 20 times during the promotion. So that that perk can be claimed once a day and up to 20 times during the promotion. And that's the the second perk, yeah? Yeah, and it's the same with the first one. So both you can do for a total of 20 days or whatever the 30-day period. So you can get 40p on each, so 80p for 20 days. Is that correct? Which is like 16 quid. Is that how you're reading it? I don't... That's how I'm reading it. I could yeah. be wrong. That, that That's how I'm reading the perks. Mm. The other, the whole other Super Match Day points is just 250 points you get a penny. Yeah. Which is great if you had a big massive cash balance and you bought all your portfolio on the 1st of February. Yeah. That's just a little bonus. But in terms of the perks, I mean, that's the same for everyone. Can you imagine Big Don getting excited about his 16 quid? <laughs> I can't. I'm not excited about the 16 quid, no, no. but look, again, I think what a lot of people are saying, um, and look, maybe they're wrong, maybe there are ways to profit out of this massively, but 
the way I'm treating it is like you're treating it maybe it's like club card points you know what I mean stick yeah. them on the card forget about them just try if Tesco send yeah. out a wee voucher spend it exactly. you know yeah just try um, that's what I'd advise just try normally um, don't buy any players that you wouldn't buy normally for whatever performance bars you can play with dividends whatever way you play the game normally I just say stick to that and it's just a little bonus in February and you can't get you can't go yeah. wrong really can you because people are going to get heavily heavily burned what i've seen a lot of people doing they're looking for 40p players who have the ability to shoot a 120 or a 140 yeah because if you're getting 140 of these points for 40p that means an 80p player would get you 280 which means neymar should be getting you like 10,000 or something ridiculous so for this promotion the better players are cheaper but again lads just be wary when the promotion ends everyone's going to want rid of all those players and you could be end up stuck holding your 1800 28p player do you know so yep. just be very very careful and then you um, got to get out I, probably by instant selling which football index will win again so yeah yeah uh, anyway so concluding the APOs the Q&A and the super match day all within one week yeah let's talk about this constant change kind of thing I sort of made a bit of a post as soon as Adam Cole posted some rockets early in the week being like lads just give us some fucking stability <laughs> yep, yep. I promise we'll be happy I promise we'll all be happy. We won't beg for a deposit bonus. We'll be over the moon to have a boring couple of months and then go crazy for the Euros. See this just... And it's it's like someone posted and it could be a big name. You might know them. I'm sorry I don't have your name to hand, whoever you are. They feel like they're trading announcements, not players. Who was that? Oh, Panda. Yeah, yeah. Panda. Panda. Yeah. yeah, like that's so that's so true. Yeah, it's so true. That's how it feels. Yeah. I feel like it's just jumping from announcement to announcement to yeah. Germany to this to the, oh, Jesus lads. Do you know? Just let us <laughs> trade players for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was tough. It it was tough for a lot of us on the platform who's been on the platform for a while. You know, to understand all the new changes they've done just this last month. Um, let, can you imagine being a new trader who's just signed up in January? You know, they they already now have to understand media bus. How it's how the matrix works there, performance buzz. You know the scoring matrix for performance buzz. In play dividends. Uh, during January you had uh, the money back bonus, the transfer dividends, IPOs, and now you've got super match day dividends. And the list just goes on. And if I was a new customer, I would I would have been put off big time because it just it just makes the platform look overcomplicated. I wouldn't have looked at it and said I can make money through this because I would have looked at all these all these different dividends and bonuses and I would have just, you know, I don't think I would have signed up if this month. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's only I think because it's... I would have looked at it and thought, I can't make money. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one because I know football index are probably sitting there and they're like, we need to keep drumming up excitement. We promised a big January. Exactly, we promised yeah. marketing. We need to keep things moving. We need to stay dynamic. We need to be blah, blah, blah. I can see, I can see them sitting around the big round table talking like that. But the bottom line is, as a new trader coming on, they just want to come on to an established, well-working, mm-hmm. like um, seamless kind of almost app or website with, it's complicated enough. They don't want it more complicated than it already is because it is a bit overwhelming. It is a bit overwhelming, yeah, I'd say. Um, I mean, I took it in bite-sized chunks for the first six months yeah. and I got there. But, I mean, coming on now with your Super Mice Day points and what's an IPO but what, what people keep talking about a share split happened pre-share split what's a share split that, oh, but this 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 nap done too complicated let me just stick a tenner on United to win yeah. Rashford first goal yeah. scorer at the weekend 
Um, do, do you think I, as well with the like the you know the emergence of the other platforms, you know, like Footstocks, Footstack, etc., is maybe Footbleed Decks now trying to make it more exciting because they have a couple of other alternatives because both them other platforms are very reward based and give you a quick outcome. Uh, do you think Footbleed Decks might be trying to compete a bit more with that? I think the competition's amazing. Do you know, I don't yeah. know if they are. Maybe maybe there is that threat there, but I think Football Index can probably feel at ease because I do genuinely differentiate the platforms massively in my head. Yeah. Um, now no, I'm I sure do. they have a lot of the same demographic and everyone isn't going to spread their money everywhere, so they are competition at the end of the day. Yeah. But I think they're very different. And mm. But I think the likes of Footstock in particular um, and probably Sportstack too, I haven't used it because it's not available in Ireland yet. Okay. They are obviously putting the pressure on Football Index to stay on their game. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say if someone else came out with a more similar product again, yeah. they'd be under serious pressure because they couldn't keep fucking up like they do with IPOs and stuff. But they, they can't yeah. do that if they if they have a, a strong competitor no. there. They're getting away with it now because there's no one else. Yeah, exactly. Doing just, the exact I, same. I just feel like maybe um, they're just trying to make a few more different rewards and stuff like that because which have quick outcomes because them are two other platforms. They do have a lot of especially Footstock has a lot of reward-based stuff. I just feel like with all these super match day dividends and transfer dividends and stuff like that, I just feel like maybe that's them saying, actually, we're going to we're gonna compete with you in this. Um, yeah. You know, because they are all very different. If you just take Football Index for what it was when it was media buzz, performance buzz, and, you know, maybe in-play dividends, it's very different from the other two. But I think maybe, I don't know, it might be a coincidence, but I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah, it could do. Um, I actually had a nice wee win on Footstock yesterday, no. and I had another at a class. Sorry, this is this is pumping Footstock. They are they are sponsors of the show. They yeah. don't pay me to do this bit, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do you, do you do Footstock? Yeah, yeah, it's a great platform. It's really fun. Yeah, it's I don't, really I don't, fun, I don't, isn't it? I don't I don't win a lot. I don't win a lot at all. I think I've yeah, won one yeah, yeah, big one, but it's for, just for fun. It's probably the it's the best one. It is. Them. There is the extra bit of work. I mean, football initially the players in the portfolio. It's it's more fantasy football in terms of having to set your team. Yeah. But, um, like I opened a pack the other day because like I get like one of the they have these little challenges and you get coupons, so I get twenty five percent off a gold pack or a sil- silver pack or something. And whatever I opened was worth like eight quid, and I got like Reese James and an Aguero or something. Which is worth like twenty five quid plus yep. three or four other players. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. I've never yeah. really dabbled in the packs, but I said I'd use the twenty five percent off coupon. Um. Anyway, again, this isn't part of the the, the deal, but <laughs> sign up on the link below. Yeah. The the podcast description because I'm an affiliate and I'll get something. Anyway, um, before we move on, do you have do you have much time for questions or anything? I was kind of going to go for an hour, but we, we there was a lot to talk about. And we haven't touched any questions. Do you have yeah, time to do yeah, a few questions. or? Yeah, yeah, they're fine. Probably yeah. Yeah. Right, so we take another one from the forum. I have them at the top here. Um, Martin B. Oh, this is just going to be me pumping Parejo again. Lads, confession time. Confession time. Are you ready? I don't know, Ray, if you've been listening to recent episodes. My biggest loss for a long time was Daniel Parejo. Yeah. 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 Everyone's going to be very disappointed in me. <laughs> I didn't weather the storm. You didn't. Daniel know. Parejo was my IPO fund. Daniel Parejo made way i checked his spread he was at 225 or 224 yeah he was only 213 to instant sell yeah and you know what i said if 200 of this guy here left or was it 264 of them left or something i was like do you know what the boys are going to be upset that i didn't weather the storm 
but I said instant sell and yeah. I recouped a lot of my losses on um, on IPOs. So, do you know, I'd said in my head last week he was great value and I'd said two weeks ago he's great value and I was going to um it's gonna I was gonna weather the storm. You'd be glad to hear I did not market sell him to people that I had supposedly pumped him to, <laughs> but um I instant sold him, I had the spread, I made it back in um in uh, IPOs. But he's on the rise again slightly and I think he's kind of bounced. I could be tempted to get back involved, but I'm not going to get into it and give him more airtime. (laughs) I've been given out to. People think it's the Parejo show now, so we move on. Um, We, Rab, have you noticed a difference in the length of times you hold players now compared to when you first joined? Are your holds longer or shorter, basically? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm going to shift my strategy for next season and we'll be holding a lot longer. I am very much someone who likes to come in and players quite regularly. Um, a lot, you know, a long hold for me would be a month. You know, um, yeah. that's that's always because I'm very impatient. So my, you know, I'm a big believer. You need to trade the way your personality is, and I'm very impatient. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I have a few long term holds, but I'm very much on the short term. So for me, that's that's how I've always trade. But you know, to answer the question, with the brutal spreads, uh, the lack of a liquid market, um, the, the user base being so large now where you really have to be, have to have the fastest fingers. Um, for me, I'm, I'm not, not as in, I don't know, I'm not enjoying it as much, probably because I'm not as successful as I have been with this strategy and for all three of them reasons and also personal reasons as well, just lifestyle, not having as much time. I feel like with the strategy that I used to you know, be really good at. I had a lot of time to to check the market whenever I needed to, so I could come in and out players when I needed to. Now that's not the case. So yeah, I will be holding players for a lot longer. Come next season, I'm going to try and shape my portfolio for for that strategy. Yeah. Um. Again, horses for courses. Life. People change. Strategies mm-hmm. change. Yeah. Um. Lifestyles change. Um. It's it's quite hard and something that beginners need to really be aware of you yep. probably can't compete with the likes of ginger Pirlo when it comes no. to short-term trading and no. flipping in games because yep. you're going to struggle to put in as much time as some other people um, yep. and if you can godspeed good luck yep. we'll move on braveheart on twitter has asked firstly i've watched some of your youtube videos and found them really helpful so thanks for them my question in your twitter bio it says that you're a market sentiment trader how do you gauge that sentiment uh well the, the general idea is that if the market is favouring a particular trend or player profile, then that is where the market is going to be most liquid. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? So if the you know if someone's yeah. favouring the month, there's going to be more more money in that player. If there's a particular profile of player that's favouring the month, there's going to be more money in that player. And like I said with with my strategy, um, I like to come in and out of players, and for that reason, I need to be where the market is most liquid. So um, what I'll look for is, you know, the profile of player everyone is buying. So, for example, if it's a passer, is it a youth player? Is it, you know, to put it something that happened most recently, is it a German player? You know, um, yeah. you know who is everyone talking about? Where is the market, you know, most liquid, basically? Because if I need to sell, that's where I want to be. I'm very much a believer in even when the market seems logically wrong, like you might be going against something you feel is right. It's best to just go with what it's telling you because 
you know, I've I've learned in the past, and I'm sure so many people have that the market can be wrong, so to speak, longer than you can keep your money at a profitable level. You know, you can just be losing hemorrhaging money out of that player because you think the market's wrong. It doesn't matter. You know, so yeah, the, the way the market is behaving gives you the load on on how traders are trading and what they are trading. And I want to know that situation because I want to be able to take advantage and, and trade profitable trades. Um, it, it's not just simply a reactive style either. You know, I'm not just simply waiting for what the work market's telling me. You know, over the over a period, you always get the same patterns emerge. So if you know that, you know, so to speak, tra- after the transfer window, a lot of the money will go back into performance by players, then you can take advantage of that trend early, you know, and the market sentiment, if it's been like that, in the past you can um it's just like looking at data like you look at historical data of a player to make a decision on how they might perform before what i do i would look at the behavior of a market in various situations to, to make a decision on how it might react in the future so it's not just a reactive style that i'm doing i'm not just saying right where the market where's the market that's where i want to be i will also make a decision on where i think the market's going to be you know so in a nutshell market sentiment is basically what is the market leaning towards? Where's it going? Because I want to go with it. I think that the, the thing with market sentiment that I think can be a struggle for people at times is the missing the boat. Um, and I yep. think quite often, and it's something that I've really got confident with, is the whenever the market starts moving in the favour of someone because they've done something brilliant or they've had an amazing performance, for example, Adama Traore, right? Yeah. There have been many occasions when people have probably felt they missed the boat on Adama Traore. And I'd had some uh, for quite a while. And then I was watching, was it against Liverpool? When he crossed it and Jimenez scored and he played a blinder. And the commentators were licking his hole. And the like, uh, Klopp and Van Dijk and everyone. And I was just I was sort of looking at it thinking like, do you know, this is going to create some sort of sentiment around him. Do you know, there's going to be a lot of people talking about him. People are going to be very excited about him. It's going to give him that kick on again. So I topped up on him and uh, it worked and I was happy. But I th- I th- I've done that a few times recently. I'm not trying to tell you as I'm an amazing trader because I make more mistakes and I do good things. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> the best it's, the best it, it's the sentiment type thing where it's like quite often these players, Baronetti, is that how you say his name again? The Sociedad yeah, yeah. youngster. Had, he was another one yeah. recently for me. Uh, I was talking to Logic and... Um, he kind of half convinced me, but I didn't really buy it. And then I think he scored and it bought off the back of the goal and he rocketed it up. It's just that kind of like, if you're gauging on the Twitter sphere or on the forum or on Facebook or wherever you're listening from, and people keep bringing up a player, and this player's talked about, and there's a lot of non-believers and there's people that are like, you can be sure if that player's been talked about a lot, when he does do something, that's just confirmation for people in their heads and people pile in. They're just kind of waiting for that, just something to persuade them or change their mind quite often I find and the players will just be on the edge of that boom Um, I kind of went around that in a weird way and I might have confused some of you but what I'm trying to say is I suppose the more players are talked about in a positive way or even a negative way at times it's almost like any publicity is good publicity and I find that quite exactly. often if yeah. they do something after that they're going to exactly. go bang like yeah and you know you, you can't always you can't always take advantage of every boom like you said a lot of people feel like they missed the boat, but the market is always it's always telling you, you know, it's always behaving in a way where there's different opportunities everywhere, you know. So it's you might miss out on Traore, but 
there will be another opportunity, you know, somewhere else. And, you know, that's that's what I'd say. I'd just say, the, for me, I've always found that the best way to trade and stay profitable is really just to, to go with the market, you know, yeah. especially my style anyway. Obviously, if, you, if you've got a different style, then no, because you, you, you weather in different trends, you know, and everything like that. But through my style, it's always just been to go with what the market's telling me. Very good. Uh, Index Gomesh says, top guest. Thanks, Index Gomesh. Uh, Football Index Buzz says, finally, really looking forward to this one. Hope you're enjoying it, Football Index Buzz. Ulster FI says, who's been your best and worst trades of 2019 and why? Ooh, 2019. So, do you know what? My best, it goes back to what we were saying towards the beginning. My best was probably Harry Maguire uh, when he was at Leicester and he went to United. Um, I bought in at about £1.30 around the end of the January transfer window and I sold him about £2.56 and it was a, it was one of my best again because it goes back to the where it was pretty much around his peak. He didn't go up much further again. So I got that one. And you probably won a million media dividends. Yep, dividends were good as well. So yeah, that was probably my best. My worst, I probably have to go back to that summer again. Probably Gareth Bale, um, when the China rumours come in. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was convinced initially he was going to come back to the Prem. He was actually quite a long-term hold. Um, and the China links hit, and I missed them at the time. So I thought, you know what, let me be a bit bullish and hold. China links come in all the time. But then they doubled down. He dropped more. And it was it was a bad trade because I panicked uh, a bit too soon. You know, I ended up losing nearly a pound a share plus commission. And he ended up staying at Madrid, so I would say that was definitely my worst, worst trade. Yeah, that's a <laughs> tough one. Uh, Football Index Buzz went on then to ask, what's your strategy for the rest of the season? How many players currently in your portfolio and do you think you'll still be holding at the start of next season? Uh, like I said to you before, strategy for the rest of the season, I said to you I was going to make a change. So it's probably slowly start moving my port towards season-long holds and dividend returners. Uh, which is, you know, a total flip-flop from how I've been trading for the past three years. But, you know, like I said, the spreads, liquid, fastest finger, personal reasons, uh, all, all kind of make it a lot harder for me to trade how I do. And really, you've, you've got to be an elite trader and have a ton of time on your hands to, to do it how I, how I prefer. So, yeah, I'm going to the trade light index buzz. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> let me see. Oh, what was the second one? How many players? Yeah, I was, I'm just going to go on that one. How many players currently in your portfolio and do you think you'll still be holding them at the start of next season? Uh, there's 14 players at the moment, which is quite high for me. I only usually work between 8 and 10 and that's because um, every player, I like to have a kind of exit plan. And if I have too many players, what I found in the past is too much noise in my head, too many trades to keep on top of. It's, it's okay like if you're investing more for the long term and they're sitting there because I like to come in and out. It's, I always found that too many is too many. So there's, a, there's 14 at the moment. For players that I plan to take on to next season, probably Neymar, Trent, obvious ones that fit my style. Probably Mares as well. Yeah. So they're the three. Yeah. The rest will be gone and reshuffled for longer term. Um, yes. FI Addict. Yeah, great guest. Um fi egg wants to know i don't know if that's you in your profile picture fi egg but you i love your t-shirt um 
wait there, maybe that's the wrong person. Because F.I. Egg, was that not just an egg? Did he change his profile picture? The plot thickens. Anyway, <laughs> there's a guy in a kitten t-shirt at a festival, it looks like. Looking well, mate. Might be you, Egg. Might not be. Moving on. Top three things you look for when buying a player on Football Index. Top three things would be, the first thing would just be the current price and the value. You know, I mean, a, a, if a player is on trend and he's going with the market sentiment, that's all well and good. But if he's overpriced, then it's probably going to end up being a bad trade. You know, I don't want to be buying after everyone else. There's, like I said to you before, there's plenty of opportunities. Uh, the second thing, like, you know, does a player fit the current trend or the next immediate trend? Um, I would obviously predict that, like I said, from past data. And the third, I'll probably look at the fixtures, you know, because like I say, I'll probably hold the player for a few weeks, three, four weeks. I'll look at their next four games, you know, what, what fixtures they have. Are they in form? Are they starting games? Have they got easy fixtures, hard fixtures? You know, I'll probably look at all, a mixture of all them type of things. So I'd say current price, do they fit the current trend and their fixture list? Very good. DJ Nice FI says, I understand order books is the way football index is going, but do you think it'll put off normal gamblers, smaller portfolios, slash newbies to the product? Although becoming more professional and aimed at attracting attracting bigger traders, it may start to lose smaller users due to being confusing. Uh I I think all the all the books are brilliant, I think. But it just depends on the confusing part, depends on whether football index put a good enough explainer video out there, which is like one, you know, an idiot's guide to all the books. It needs to be something like that. Really break it down in layman terms. Now, if they do that, I think it will be a, a, a positive to new traders as well as old traders. And we've got to understand that all the books give you a much broader view of what the market is saying. You know how much how your money's performing, um, where you are in a sell queue. You know what what prices are available. It, it's it's a really you know honest look. At your what your money's doing, so I think it's will be good for new traders, but it's just whether Football Index implement a decent explainer video. It's hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, it is a positive move forward. It's positive for everyone involved. However, that it it it's amazing how crucial that explainer video is going to be, because you will have so yeah. many people who will have a look, and if they just still don't get it from the video or from the wee article or whatever, they're going to be like. Nah, fuck this, my time's done. I've had my fun. See you later, lads. Good luck. Um, I'm not a big serious trader. I'm a small time guy who likes to have a bit of do you know, like it's they're gonna have to really yeah. feel that. Um but I do think it it's a positive step. Um we'll move on, just try and rattle a few more out. FI challenge, have you ever bought anyone on Football Index that you've scattered in real life? Uh no. The the closest the closest I came to was uh Ola Aina plays for Torino now. He used to be a Chelsea player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I scouted him originally in a park, actually. He was playing on a street football programme that I was doing. He was only nine at the time. It was him and Alex Awobi, actually. He was there as well. And, yeah, I remember they was playing with a bunch of 14, 15-year-olds. Totally bossing it. So, I spoke to his mum, took him up to the academy where I was at the time, which was Palace at the time. Uh, yeah, he was there for a month in the end of that going to Chelsea um, which obviously was the best move best move for him like I said I nearly bought him between that Chelsea and Torino kind of little period but I think I just just missed the value but he's the closest I've probably 
country. Very good. Yeah, I held him whenever I remember Chelsea got their transfer ban. I bought him because he was out in lower. Yeah. There was talks he might have been recalled and all that stuff. Um, yeah. It was back in the, the early days of my, my career as a trader, yeah, you know? Yeah. I've only been here a year for fuck's sake. Um, Lewis yeah, has asked, yeah. saw you in the Sportstack Slack channel a bit, Rio, was wondering how Sportstack compares to FI and your thoughts on Sportstack in general and what your strategy is and how you go about choosing your bets. I have no idea about Sportstack, so you're you're taking that one completely. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they are very different if you're, if you're you know, comparing it to Football Index. Uh, they obviously have similar traits, like you're trading football players, probably won't lose your whole stake. Uh, sports stack is just about the performance of any one player in a match you know it's just that match that counts uh, at the moment there's no season markets or nothing like that so you're just holding a player for the for the match um you're doing you the um, the most you can win on that player is one pound a share and what you've got to do at their, at their buy price if you've got to go long or short so if a player is 50p you've got to you know you've got to Buy it if you think it's he's going to score more than 50p. They have a scoring matrix, obviously. And you've got to short it if you think they're not going to hit 50p. And then the difference, so if, say if he, he hits 65p, you are in profit by 65p a share. Um, right, very good. So strategy-wise, I'll just look at the... What Sportstack, good thing Sportstack do is they give you um, all the stats for their past games, what they've scored, everything like that. So they're really good like that. So you can actually look at a lot of data you can look at the current price, see how they've scored in the last three to five games, for example, and you can make a decision there if the price is value. But sometimes, because it's just about that one match, you can just go by instinct, you know, if you think that the player's going to play well. You know, the player could have played shit the last three games because they were some tough games, but they might be playing bottom of the league now. So it's very much, you know, hit and miss at the moment with, with strategy. I'm still learning like everyone is, but I'm enjoying it. Very good, very good. Uh, Dan has asked kind of two-parter here question why won't FI let the market settle has to be a reason for it why make this crazy bonus scheme before sorting out MB FI has just got a bit mad hasn't it sigh uh, I only joined in August but feels like I've been through so much my head just feels a bit fried with it all at the moment this new bonus thing is absolute overkill in my opinion at least got me to join in December they're so confused about what FI is supposed to be and what to do um, we've kind of touched on that, but just thought I'd read it out for him. Um, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we've like, yeah, we've kind of touched on that. I mean, we said I think football index are just doing it personally to try and bring a bit of excitement, but they're not listening to their traders enough, and uh, I think we just need stability rather than excitement. Hopefully, hopefully, going forward from now, when this ends, we'll get that. Yeah, you know. fingers crossed. Uh. FI Rambino. So from that one on, have all came in after the shit show this week. Um, FI Rambino. I'd love there to be no special promotions until the Euros. Then sort media for the start of the Euros. Silent and random introduction of IPOs for next season's top five leagues players. Uh, job done. Right. We've kind of talked about that as well. Again, just giving you a shout out. Thanks for the question. But um, yeah, we've covered that. Um, MDJ. What do you think is the best and worst transfers from the FI? Or, sorry, from an FI perspective, this window? Um, best. Well, it's got to be Bruno, in it, really, I think. Yeah, from the FI perspective, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be Bruno. I personally, I, yeah, on an FI perspective, yeah, I personally didn't buy in. Worst trades, I mean, that's all relative to the, to the person. I'll, I'll say my worst trade, which is my most disappointing one, was uh, Alex Telles of Porto. 
Oh yeah, um, yeah. I was convinced. I was convinced he was going to go to Chelsea. Um, obviously it didn't happen, but his price was still steadily rising. But then when the transfer dividends were announced, him being only seventy p, weren't eligible because you had to had to be a player of a pound, didn't it? So his his price just totally stalled for ages, and you know ended up going up in the end. But yeah, it was just it was too late. So didn't quite hit that one pound mark or complete the transfer. So for me, that was. That was probably my worst trade. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't re- in terms of trades, I didn't really trade too much around them. But in terms of what the transfers from a football index perspective, which ones were best and worst? I think Bruno is probably the best from a football index standpoint because yeah. of the new dynamic it adds there and um, all that attached with it. The worst one, I don't know. Were there any shocking transfers? Were there any like? See, I can't really. No, I can't really. Can't really think of any. Bruno probably would have been the worst if it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really centered around Bruno, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think it's all relative. With worst, I think it's all relative to what you lost. Money yeah. So to any individual, I don't think there was any standout. Sorry, I don't have a better answer for you, MDJ. Uh, Rambino, what do you think? This is the last one. What do you think of FI's newest wonder kids? I Cheche. I'm gonna. Uh, and Bellingham. Well, I Chichi. Um, I, yeah. I mean, he's only played the one game, so I see the highlights. Uh, one game, one goal. You know, top club like PSG. You know, if he can continue to get get the odd games and continue to score, then he'll be one to watch from a football index point of view. Definitely fits the profile of a player that could uh, be at a price that probably doesn't represent his his true value. So yeah, someone who could who could be a good long term hold. But he's only had one game, so. It's hard to, even for a top club, it's hard to to, to gauge really. Bellingham, um, Bellingham, uh, yeah, I would see him as pretty pretty safe long term holds because you just got to look at the players of similar profile, what price they're at. You know, him him at least has had a really good season in the championship. Where some you know at his age, where some of these players ain't even played for the first team. And you, you look at the price. So I would say he's a quite a good hold. And I can't see him standing in the Championship next season. You know, I can see him coming to the Prem, which would, you know, straight away becomes more valuable because he's, you know, he's eligible for performance buys. So I would say he's a good buy. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Well, look, I think that, that about brings us to the end. Um, is there anything else we didn't talk about that you want to cover? No, no. It's, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. It was it was great. Um, where can people find you, or is there anything you want to pump? Well, want to pump. Uh, well, if if you are interested in um, if you're interested in sports stack, if you're interested in getting involved, I'm actually doing a ten pound trading challenge. Um, doing some videos on that. So the if you go on YouTube and put Football Index Trading Journal on there, you'll find me on there. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in seeing what sports stack's about, I'm doing a ten pound challenge. See see what I can make with ten pound on the wife's account. So yeah, check that out. And uh, yeah, just find me on Twitter, building a strategy. And uh, yeah, that's it really, nothing to pump. Yep. Very good. Well, look, thanks for joining me, Rio, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat again. Yep. Thanks for having me on, John. Cheers. Bye-bye.